All right, Dillium. What's up, bro? How you doing, buddy? I'm chilling. Episode four, we've arrived, you know. It's, kinda, it's honestly a little crazy. I know. Um, we we want to thank you all for, um, you know, tuning in again for the uh, fourth episode here. Um, you know, it's getting better and better, I feel like. I definitely feel like last week was a big improvement, um, just in my eyes. But, um, you know, as we continue, um, we really do appreciate your support and, and we will continue to up our quality for you guys and, and get more guests. Um, we're actually going to have our first guest today. His name's Ashton. He's an old neighbor of mine. I've known him since I was about, you know, I want to say seven or eight. Um, so it'll be cool to have him on. We're going to do a, a special segment with him. We're also going to be talking about some other things that I'm, I'm going to let Dill introduce uh, the topics for today. All right, so uh, our special guest is going to be on today talking about NFL players that can play other sports. Got this inspiration watching episode seven of Last Dance last week where uh, Michael Jordan went to play bas- or baseball pardon me, after his first NBA retirement. So that'll be interesting to see who we came up with. Also, we're going to continue our series on top five players of all time by position. Today, it is the running backs. But first, Al, we got to talk about these Rams uniforms. They were finally released and... Uh, my opinion, they weren't too good. How do you feel about uh, them? Um, I'm gonna have to agree with you. You know, I got some memes pulled up right now. Um, looking at these, but um, was it episode two we talked about the uniforms in? Uniforms uh, yes, I think so. I, I believe so. <laughs> I can't remember at this point. Yeah. But I think if you guys want to hear our thoughts on the rest of the uniforms that were released, go check out that episode. We did rank the Rams uh, logo. And uh, I gave the logo an F. Um, you know, I didn't think it get, could get any worse. But, you know, somehow I would have to give these jerseys an F minus. You know, the, the logo is trash. But then you bring in these Walmart brand, Best Buy employee, Ikea bag uniforms. I, I mean, I hate the font of the numbers. And, I mean, it's just it's all around trash to me. It's garbage. It's garbage, man. I, I don't know. I don't know what they were thinking. I don't know who created this. And then, Dill, you mentioned that video of like, um, what was it? Cooper Cup and, and Robert, Robert Woods, Woods, right? Yeah. Uh, it was. Uh, it was featured on the Checkdown. It might have even been on the Real NFL um, Insta. But it, it looked like Walmart. It looked like a Walmart commercial to me. They were. They were hanging out. They were shooting basketball. They were mm-hmm. eating some. They food, thought those like, uniforms were so fire that they could just, you know, go in their daily activities and just wear them without anybody noticing. And that was just terrible. I mean, just give your thoughts on it, though, because I know you. I know you got some stuff written down that you want to say. I mean, why even change them? To be honest with me, I mean, they weren't the best beforehand, but. When you change uniforms, aren't they supposed to look nicer and feel more? You're supposed to feel more confident in them. Yes, sir. I mean, they were, they they went down instead of went up. I mean, the white is just it's too bright for me. First of all, and then to only have three combos, just like the Patriots had. I mean, why not more? And I mean, yeah. I don't understand the, having the Los Angeles Rams on that right collarbone area of the jersey. I mean, if you don't know the logo and the uniform color, I mean, shouldn't you know the team? I mean, do you really need it to be that blatantly obvious? And, I mean, going back to what I heard Eric Dickerson say earlier, it was earlier in the week, he said it made him look soft. And he's 100% correct on that. It's just not a good look overall. 
I mean, if you have a legend in your franchise saying the jersey is trash, you know, you know, you messed up. You know, you know, you did something wrong. Um, you know, obviously, what is kind of weird to me is, I wonder how many iterations they went through before they landed on this garbage uh, jerseys, mm-hmm. because they took the longest out of any team to put out their jerseys. And I remember when the season ended, or maybe it was before the season last year ended, when they were talking about teams who would be getting new jerseys, one of the first ones we heard was the Rams. Yeah, I mean, the the, the Chargers. The logo had the highest, you know, everybody was wondering what it was going to be, the highest expectations, and they just whiffed. And it was trash. I mean, I don't want to go, like, too into this, but, man... I, I, it's like you said, it looks soft. Um, I have like a lot of problems with that font still just looking at it right now. I I don't know how I'm never going to be able to get over the font they chose for the numbers. Mm -hmm. And you're right. What is, what is the, um, what is the point of that little weird Rams thing on like the collarbone, like almost shoulder? It's, it's, it's so weird. Most teams would put it in the center and I just, I don't know. I, bro, I don't know. The Rams have, I honestly, I'm flabbergasted. I'm, I'm, I'm at a loss for words. I'm fumbling, yeah, looking just, at these. I don't understand I, it. I, I, I'm looking at the jerseys from last season, and the thing they messed up last season was when they went to those helmets with the all white Ram part. Yeah, didn't I didn't match, like that at all. It didn't match the that brown they have mm-hmm. you know that that tan they used to have obviously, because, because when i think of the rams i don't think of that white and blue logo i, I think don't. of the old school you know what eric dickerson wore when he played the yellow and the blue exactly and and i mean they had last year they obviously wore some of those throwback-esque jerseys they're almost more right. like their home jerseys i think they turned them into yeah so then Maybe, you know, that that was them warming up this going back to the blue and yellow, you know, obviously. But then, oh, like, they just – they made, like, the worst possible version. Honestly, this is, like, the Dollar Tree version mm-hmm. of a Rams logo. Dude, I could – like, we – if we had material, right, and I had some transfer paper – we and we had we had the right type of jersey material, right? I could I could make this jersey. Probably out. could, yeah. We could make we could go on. I don't know if Nike still does this, but go on Nike ID and make you know team uniforms that look better than this. Honestly, and 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 seeing the photoshopped like potential uniforms for the Rams, mm-hmm. they're ten times better. They're they're ten times better. Every it's, single one of them. It's hard for me to judge uniforms because I see a lot of concepts. And it gets my mind going, and then they release the actual jersey, and I'm utterly disappointed. So I just really need to stop looking at concept jerseys. I mean, uh, you know, I'm going to have to agree. Um, one more thing looking at this. Um, I don't like how basic it looks, okay? So I'm looking at the white jersey. There's nothing on it except a weird white patch that says Rams on the shoulder. And then the the numbers. That's it. That's it. There is no design to the white jersey. And, like, I don't understand that. I don't understand. It just, it it does look soft. It honestly looks like cartoon, like, bro, growing up, Cartoon Network was, like, the best thing, right? Mm -hmm. Then now they, they remake shows with 
trash animation. This is what it seems like to me. Some trash animation. It does not seem like you would ever see this. It, it seems like kitty show garbage. Yeah. Nonsense. It's just, it's so sad. I mean, you know, the storied franchise that they've had, the players that have come through, the Super Bowls that they were winning in the 70s, mm-hmm. and just to basically just, you know, throw throw up basically on the wall. and It's just sad. Um. N- now, uh, one quick little thing. I noticed we have a little bit more time before we get to our guest. Um, just happened to look up the owners' meetings today, uh, which made me get a little quick thought. Maybe we could talk about it for a few minutes here. Um, what do you think, if any, will they change any rules for next year? Hmm. Or something you would like to see done? Is that weird? Did they take that pass interference rule out now? Uh, I don't know if it was confirmed or not, but there were rumblings about it. I would like to see that go. I, I mean, it's, it never it, – it wasn't really anything. Like, the change was nothing, so it's pointless rule. I, I think um, if I would like to see anything in the league, something to do with the way we handle, like, suspensions still, you know, mm-hmm. because obviously with the Miles Garrett thing last, like, yeah. season – that is something I would like to see um, handled a little. I don't want to say better, but differently. I don't. I don't think they handled yeah. it poorly. I don't think that. Time. I mean, to suspend him indefinitely, and then let him sit out that five or six games, and then basically just say, "Okay, you're good. You can come back." Yeah. is just wrong in my opinion. I I, I have to agree with you. Um, so I think if they they handle it differently. Um, I like to see stuff like that. Um, what are your thoughts, still? Now, uh, this really isn't my thought, but I was just uh, looking up here on an article I found. They're going to try to do something with the Rooney rule, which is interesting. Break it so, down first, Dale. We'll, uh, we'll see where that goes. Uh, they're trying to get more minority players, or not players, but coaches into the league. And they're going to require NFL teams to hire, or not to hire, but to interview up to two candidates before they hire a coach. So and that goes for even coordinators and quarterbacks coaches. That was and interesting. I have seen the memes about this mostly. Um, you know, it it poses the question. Obviously, you know, I think what there's Mike Tomlin as the head coach, and there's two. Uh-huh. Um, two the article I'm reading, Anthony Lynn. They talk about Ron Rivera a little bit. Yeah, I um, you know. We we'd love to see a lot of diversity, right? Mm-hmm. But there should there should still not be favoritism in the other way, you know. No, and that's no, what I've seen the memes are about. Is like basically then you're gonna favor them. So I definitely see the need to be more diverse. I definitely need. Mm-hmm. I definitely think this. If you interview these, if two you know minorities for a job, you know it creates like. Better odds for everybody. More equal chance, more fair chance. I mean, we live in a society where, you know, things are changing, and Mm -hmm. I agree. I just um, think the only thing, you always have to be cautious about this. You don't want to be, like, overly, you know? mm -hmm. You don't want to just, like, push the complete boundary and just every – because then eventually we'll see, like, you know – Every coach will ha- be a minority, or like then it will be. It could end up being reversed. Now, I'm not saying that would be a problem. I'm just saying, if your if your goal is equality, then yes, make it equality. Don't reverse it, or don't you know? 
I'm interesting um, to see what they're going to do. Uh, I think the owners already passed it, but they're going to do that 17-game schedule next year mm. starting in 2021. So that's what I'm interested to see if there's any more talked about that. I mean, what we it's normally 16 games and one bye right now. So, mm-hmm. are, so it'd be, there'd saying? be 18 Except weeks. One more then. game and one and then so it'd be 18 weeks, right? Mm-hmm. So we basically be getting, you know, only an extra week on the schedule, but I mean, an extra week could change a lot. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you think about it, the owners probably passed it because, you know, that they're seeing dollar signs. I mean, oh, for sure, no doubt. If, that's when we can it. fill stadiums again between concessions, tickets, parking, and you know, gear, jerseys, and sweatshirts and stuff bought, I mean, they're making millions and millions of dollars a game. So I see that's why it was – I think it was really hit hard. Uh, Jerry Jones really wanted to push this, and obviously he's probably the richest owner, the most famous owner in the league. So see why uh, he wants that. I mean, obviously he's concerned about money because he didn't pay Dak. Um, <laughs> maybe he's looking for money to pay Dak with. <laughs> maybe. Um, I definitely see him also doing this because it seems like the uh, the Cowboys are always going to be stuck in that 7-9, and 8-8. Eight and eight. Yeah. He so, wants that you know, one extra one, game one to get him game. into the playoffs. Yeah, one game. So they just lose in the first him. round. <laughs> um. So you know, I mean that that pretty much wraps up. You know, this first this first little part that we yeah. wanted to talk about. You know, obviously, just recapping real quick. Rams jerseys trash. Um, big mess. Big mess. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know some possible rule changes going to yeah. a seventeen game, uh, you know, season in twenty twenty one. Maybe maybe some other rule changes. Um, we'll we'll obviously update. There'll be more to come out. I think the um, today and tomorrow, I believe, are the owners' meetings. So we'll hopefully have more to talk about next week. Um, if something breaks during the week, for sure, we'll we'll definitely we'll definitely be tackling that probably at the start of next week's episode. Mm-hmm. And then you know, obviously, we're gonna continue. We'll probably do wide receivers. You know, we're gonna talk about. Like you said, we're gonna do this. Um, segment with Ashton, our first guest. Yep. So and, uh, coming up be... next, he'll, be, he'll yep. be with us. And um, just one one thing before uh, we cut cut over to him, we want to say, you know, if you guys would like to see us, like, tackle other sports players who could, like, come into the NFL, um, let us know. We'll probably end up doing that um, just because we got a lot of time until the season. But, yeah, mm-hmm. um, we'll, we'll bring in Ashton and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll do this next segment. All right, we're just waiting for Eshton to join in right now. All right. So while we're waiting for him to join in, we'll uh, tease a little bit of what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about NFL players that could be playing other sports. Obviously, as we introed in, we talked about Episode 7, The Last Dance, where Michael Jordan went to play baseball after retiring from the NBA the first time, and that made me think, well, what NFL players have or could have played another sport professionally? Looking back at a lot of these guys, they played multiple sports in high school and college, and me and Alex and our special guests have both come up with three or four players that uh, we're going to talk about. You know, and we, we might have some duplicates. Um, there's a lot of things to be said. Um, 
you know. There he is. Uh, Eston has arrived, people. He's in the building. Um, he has landed. I can hear his mic. Eston, why don't you say what's up, man? Why don't you say what's up to us? Do you hear me? Yes, we sir. We can hear you, bro. All right. Hey, what's up, guys? How you doing, buddy? Pretty good, How's quarantine you? treating you? I'm doing all right. All right. Well, that's good. Just hanging All right, there. Ashton. We got we got. I got some things to talk about real quick before we get into anything, man. You know, when Dylan and I we started this podcast, the first thing we did, you know, we uh we just introduced some of our uh, favorite players, man. So you know, putting you on the spot a little bit, but just what? Who are some players in the NFL, man? You really like? Um, I know it'll sound like a bandwagon, but I got to go with like Patrick Mahomes as right now. Go. <laughs> yes, sir. A big time. Just a rising star right now. Yes. I'm staring at a picture of uh, Russell Wilson right now in my room. <laughs> um, One more thing I, w- I do want to address because not a lot of people actually know this. Um, Dylan, you know, he always keeps the Gatorade on hand, you know? Yes, I do. There's always a Gatorade while recording. Um, If you ever hear us uh, sipping, uh, it's, it's most likely Gatorade. You know, we're waiting on that sponsorship. Um, hey, come on, Gatorade. Right now, I'm actually indulging myself in some Cheez-Its. So, oh, I mean, okay. you know, Dill, why don't you tell me, like, what's your go-to snack right now, like, in this room? I don't know. I actually just downed a bowl of popcorn about a half hour before we started recording. So, I was pretty uh, hungry. If, so. <laughs> if, if, you follow, if you follow our Insta, at Dylan L Podcast, right, Dill, you, uh, you posted yourself eating Sour Patch, was it, when you were doing the notes? Yes, I week? did. When we were doing the notes on Saturday night, I was eating some Sour Patch. <laughs> hey, uh, Ashton, you know, man, um, what's what's your thoughts? What what would be your go-to snack, like, if, you know, when you're on the job, man? Usually, I have Pringles in my desk. Yes. What kind? Just original? Usually, um, barbecue and pizza. He got, oh, hey, okay. pizza, pizza hits different. Yeah, it but, does. Um, I agree. Know, obviously, we're not here to talk about food. Um, <laughs> if I've made you hungry, I apologize. Um, I'll be eating my Cheez-Its in peace. But, you know, we're going to start this actual segment now. And um, we're going to talk about, like Dill said, athletes that could, you know, NFL athletes who could go to other sports. And, you know, I mean, why don't we just let the guests start? You know, lay down. Who do you think in the NFL could play another sport and what sport? My first player I had was Rob Gronkowski. He played basketball and baseball in high school, and he was a three-sport athlete in high school. So I think he probably could have, if he wanted to, do another sport in college and maybe could have gone to the next level. Yeah. Hey, no, we were talking a little earlier about uh, when he went to the WWE, weren't we? Yeah, I was because – Is that a sport? (laughs) No, I mean – Depending on how you want to look at it, but – um. (laughs) <laughs> I put, because on my list, I have DK Metcalf. Um, I said he could do something like WWE, fighting, boxing, whatever you want to call it. But, I mean, DK Metcalf, this this man is just yeah. a pure monster. I mean, and wasn't I mentioning in the uh, pre-show that he probably could knock out Mayweather, man? I mean, Oh, for, oh no <laughs> doubt. Um, all right, so we got Rob Gronkowski. We got uh, him going, you said basketball, right? Or baseball. Either one. Did you find any uh, high school it. tape on him? High school tape. <laughs> <Did> <laughs> no, I didn't highlights find any. on him? No? Nope. Some, I'll have to look hey, that maybe. up later. Dill's going to look it up, and then uh, he'll, let, he'll let us know next yeah. week what he finds. I'll have to, to watch that. <laughs> we uh, uh, Now, then, obviously, I said DK Metcalf, some form of fighting. So, Dill, you know, why don't you give us uh, one? Break it down. All right. Well, uh, I had Christian McCaffrey, 
and he could either do basketball or track. Uh, we all know CMC as an everything, do everything on the football field, played four positions in high school, and he even was punter. Now, I could see him either in the NBA or possibly in the Olympics. Uh, this guy ran a 10.7 100-meter dash in high school as a sophomore. Now, think about that. A 16-year-old is running a almost a flat 10-100-meter dash. That's insane for a 16-year-old. And uh, his basketball days, he was pretty good. I was watched, found him, dug pretty deep and found some tape of him playing some basketball back at his high school in Colorado and uh, played point guard. He had uh, some nice handles and could get to the hoop pretty easily and kick the ball open to kick the ball out some wide open shooters. So I think he could have played maybe you know lower end D one or maybe a mid major D one basketball school. You know I, you could definitely see it. Obviously height wise, you know a little bit of a hindrance. But we saw guys like Nate Robinson was it in the NBA. Mm-hmm. He was he, he, had, he had a couple games. And it's I I definitely I definitely have to agree with you on Christian McCaffrey. Um. Actually, you know, why don't you give us uh, an- another guy on your list? All right, I have Kyler Murray. Well, we know he was all drafted by the Oakland A's, but he decided to go with NFL. But I think in his future, it could be a possibility that he could do both sports if he wanted to. So do like a Michael Jordan, maybe? Pretty much, yeah. Bo Jackson. He, uh, he was a top 10 draft pick, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Yeah, that was... I remember that. That was a big decision for him coming out of the uh, draft and then deciding if he wanted to play baseball. He was the, he was the number one overall pick in, um, in NFL, NFL yeah. obviously. Yeah, that's crazy to see him go top ten and just in two different sports. I mean, insane. the athleticism to do that is just insane. Oh, yeah. Um, so, you know, there's, there's another quarterback similar to Kyler um, who kind of honestly, in my opinion, shaped the mold for Kyler for even like the possibility of the NFL. Um, Russell Wilson, obviously, yes. you know, um, I think his baseball rights got traded to the to the Yankees uh-huh. um, because he he was I, I I don't know if he was drafted. He might. Have, I think but... he was drafted. I think the Rangers he was drafted. Was drafted. He, went he was drafted the by the Rockies. Oh, he... the Rockies. Pardon me. I see him. I see. I got pictures of him here on the Rangers, and it says they uh, they traded him to the Yankees um, in 2018, it looks like. Um, it says he played second baseman. Um, hmm. Obviously, his, his rights are with the Yankees as of 2018. I so, I mean, I could see him playing baseball for obvious reasons because he did it, clearly, um, in college. So, you know, uh, it, it would be kind of cool if, if he did that. I like him on the Seahawks. We talked. I talked about him last week, or right last week on our quarterback some um, discussion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was one so, of your honorable mentions. Yeah, I mean, in a couple years, I have no doubt he'll be he'll be in discussions for that kind of thing. Um, all right, Dale, give us another one. Now, uh, while we're on the topic of baseball, um, I found something out that I did not know. Golden Tate, the uh, former Detroit Lion and current New York Giants slot receiver, actually played baseball. He obviously, if you don't know, went to school at Notre Dame. Pretty good star football player there. But he also played college baseball at Notre Dame. Hit 329. He only played two of his four years baseball. He focused more on football his last two. But in his final season playing collegiate ball with the Irish, he hit 329. And he was ended up actually drafted by the Arizona Diamondbacks in 2007. That's pretty, hey, that's a pretty good stat line. Mm-hmm. Um. 
you know, I'm indulging myself in some Cheez-Its, so why don't we pass it over to Ashton um, one more time for his last player. All right, I have Patrick Mahomes for this one. He played basketball and baseball, and, well, he's just an incredible athlete, so pretty much whatever he plays, I think that he would mm-hmm. be able to be really good with that. So I could see him doing either of those sports. Didn't, uh, didn't the Tigers draft Mahomes? Isn't he a pitcher? I swear I heard when they won the Super Bowl that – there was a big joke going around that the Tigers actually have a championship winner on their team. I thought I saw he was drafted by them. Huh. Um, I have seen pictures of him in a Tigers uniform. Um, obviously, you know, I'm, I'm not entirely sure about that. Um, we can take a minute to look it up real quick. While I actually yeah, that up they real did. Quick. Hang on. In 2014, they drafted him. Oh, okay. So I thought I saw that joke going around after uh, he won the Super Bowl this year. Yeah. <laughs> Tigers are obviously still trash, you know. It's sad uh, yeah. to say. Go it's like every other Detroit team. Rebuild, rebuild, rebuild. We're always stuck in the rebuild, but we never yeah. get to the part when we actually like, you know, turn the turn the organization around. Yeah. You know, I just um, want to see a playoff a playoff game somewhere in this city. <laughs> a home playoff game somewhere. <laughs> really? Um is um Ashton, is Mahomes your last player? Um The other ones that you mentioned, so yeah. Okay. All right. Um. So, on the topic of Mahomes, you know, obviously our logo, if you don't know, is Patrick Dill's wearing a Patrick Mahomes jersey, and I'm wearing a Tyreek Hill. So, on on the theme of the Chiefs, um, Tyreek Hill, man, I can see him doing track, the Olympics. Um, pretty sure he did it in high school because I was watching. I was talking with Dill, the checkdown. I'm telling you, gotta follow him on Instagram. Um. I'm pretty sure they posted a video of one of them was him just running in, in high school. And he was like, I don't know. He was like the top, you know. But what was more interesting is they, like, placed him with, like, when Usain Bolt just won the Olympics, um, they took that footage. They added his, like, time in, you know, to see, like, where he would rank with, like, the fastest people in the world. And I want to say he was in the top, the top half. Um, I think he finished maybe around nine or ten, maybe higher. But it's just impressive to me. Um, like those are the those are the people who strictly train on for for running and for that in the Olympics. And Tyreek Hill, you know, obviously being one of the fastest players we've ever seen in the in the whole league. Um, I definitely think he can make that transition. So this is just obvious to me. Mm-hmm. But, Dill, why don't you break down your last play? Well, uh, before you actually get to J.J. Watt, I have a question. Uh, you saying Tyreek Hill could run track. I saw a video. It was either a week or two ago. It may have been on the check down. It may have been on ESPN or something. But Hollywood Brown, he had, he had the jugs machine out, and he would shoot the football up, and he would run and catch it. <laughs> Do you so think impressive. Hollywood could do that as well? Um, I mean, run track. What last year was his rookie season, right? Yes. I think I'd have to see more footage of him, but uh-huh. based on what you're telling me, yeah, I think he could. I think he could, especially if we're talking about Christian McCaffrey doing that. No doubt, Hollywood. I think that uh, they should have a, you know, portion of the season where they just let you know eight or ten of these speedsters just go and run a hundred meter dash and see who would win for like charity or something. It could oh, be amazing sure. to watch. Mm-hmm. But uh, my last player is J.J. Watt. He was actually a four-star, four-sport athlete in high school. 
He played baseball. He played obviously played football, played basketball, and he uh, did track and field. Uh, before he was tormenting O lineman at Wisconsin, and then for the Texans, he lettered in all three of those sports that I mentioned, as well as football. But um, something that found that I found was quite interesting. He, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with any of the field events in track and field. He did the shot put. I know not many people think about it other than the Olympics, but he did win a state title, breaking a state school record where he threw the shot put 59 feet and 11 and a half inches. And uh, couldn't really find much about his baseball or basketball. I did see that he played hockey. He was a pretty good hockey player up until he was about 12 when he decided to focus on all these other sports. And uh, I don't know if you knew this, but he signed at Central Michigan to play tight end, and he ended up leaving to walk on at Wisconsin. And you look at his story now, and it's hard to believe he was a walk on. It's impressive, you know. Um, and obviously now that he – he he's in the league, but then also you have Derek and uh, TJ, and right? TJ, yeah, yeah. I so, noticed I was watching TV the other night. They're doing a competitive tag game on yes, TV, so that may be something to see. I think it starts tomorrow night. Definitely gonna have to tune into that. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, obviously we want to thank Ashton for you know tuning into this segment. You know, you brought you brought a lot of players that I I wasn't even thinking about so yeah. you know thank you thank you so much man you're welcome thanks thanks us thanks for having me appreciate it man oh for sure man um you know take care uh but before you go you know anything anything you want to say uh just keep up the good work with this podcast hey no nah, you thanks, hey, man, thanks man you're we welcome appreciate it. we love you yep. appreciate we you love being our man. first guest man see ya see ya bro see ya all right so we're back for our final segment of the day today we are going to be talking about our top or continue actually let me start again continuing with our theme to the, uh, the next couple of weeks here where we're going to be talking about our favorite players by positions all time today it's going to be the running backs so we have our top fives ready alex would you like to start with your honorable mentions before we get started oh, with our for list? sure um so you know dill it's kind of similar thing to the um, the quarterback situation um, that we had. Uh, my honorable mentions are a lot of younger guys. Some of them have, you know, older. But I, I mean, in terms of these guys were early two thousands, the twenty, the twenty tens kind of running backs, and then one newer guy. But um, you know, it just seems to be the theme. You know, you tend to look towards the older generations. Um, which isn't a bad thing. I, I just wanted to incorporate guys who I think could be in that discussion come a couple years down the line. Um, Saquon Barkley is the first one I put on the honorable mentions. Obviously, he hasn't been in the league too long. What, like two years yeah, I now? Think, I think he'll be going into his third year this year. And so, you know, you could never put him on that list. But I, I, I think he's definitely one to watch. Definitely not like any other running back clearly not built like any other running back with, um, you know, just the massive legs he has, which reminds me of another guy I want to talk about. One of my favorite guys to watch as a kid, Maurice Jones-Drew. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he's in this generation of another guy, Chris Johnson, LaShawn McCoy, Jamal Charles. That generation for me, uh, those, are, those are some guys who are honorable mentions. Chris Johnson, obviously – CJ2K, that one year he had 2,000 yards, one of mm-hmm. six players to do that. LaShawn McCoy, I remember the Lions snow game versus the Eagles, and he was oh absolutely my gosh, dusting yeah. us. 
in the snow he was dusting. I think he had a two hundred. He had a two hundred yard game, I think. Yeah, and, and it's just insane to me. Jamal Charles, he had like a five touchdown game. I mean, that game was like probably one of the best fantasy football games of all time. Marshawn Lynch, obviously the Skittles have served him well, and mm-hmm. you know, uh, they should have ran it. Obviously, we yep, can say yeah. that a million times. Um, I'll uh, talk a little bit game. about that when I talk. It. Marshawn Lynch is actually on my list, so uh, we'll dive hey. a little bit deeper into that uh, when I get to For my list sure. here. Um, go ahead and give us your honorable mentions, Dill. All right. So uh, as I just said, I had uh, Marshawn Lynch. He's my first on the list of the honorable mentions. The uh, three teams I had forgotten that he had uh, played for the Buffalo Bills before playing for the Seahawks. I only remember him as a Seahawk and then obviously ending his career as a Raider and uh, obviously should have that second ring. We got to thank our our current offensive coordinator, Daryl Bevel, for that one. And uh, had a pretty solid career, though, 10,000 yards. And he led two years, actually led the league in touchdowns. Also had Frank Gore. He would have been sixth on my list. If we would have done like a top, you know, seven or eight, he definitely would have made it. Third all-time in rushing. Great career. Definitely going to be a Hall of Famer one day. I mean, to see him keep going at, I think he's around 39 or 40. And you think, okay, well, this is going to be his last year. And then he signs another one-year deal. And they think, okay, this is going to be his last year. And he goes out this year. I believe he just signed with the New York Jets. Yep. And, I mean, just another great product out of the University of Miami. That They produced a lot of good talent in the early 2000s. Uh, a guy that you're going to have on your top five, don't want to spoil it, but Adrian Peterson, he's on my honorable mentions, forgot you know, how good he was. I mean – great player just still even performing at the high level like Frank Gore is Peterson's obviously a couple years younger than Gore but 14,000 yards over his career and 110 touchdowns I mean after he I think he tore his ACL with the Mm -hmm. Vikings I thought he was going to be done and to have a solid I don't know how many years it's been since he hurt got hurt but to have a consistent amount of years still at the high level after that injury is just amazing and then my last choice is Bo Jackson. Now, this guy would have been a top three running back all time if he would have stuck with football his whole career. If you don't know the story, he played three years coming out of Auburn, getting drafted by the Raiders, and then went to go play for the Kansas City Royals and played some baseball. But, I mean, 3,000 yards almost in just three years? thats You think about that. You do the easy math here. That's almost 1,000 yards a season. If he could have kept that up, and maybe even ramped it up to 12, 1,300 yards, he could have been top 10, top 5 in yards by the end of his career if he would have played 10 or 12 years. I mean, no doubt. Um, I read a book, I want to say in elementary, talking about Bo Jackson. Um, I checked it out from the school library, obviously. I don't think I ever gave it back to them, and I think I lost it. Um, <laughs> but it was talking about basically, so obviously – you have baseball season and starts in the spring. Mm-hmm. Um, so he would play the whole season of baseball, right? If they made the playoffs into the playoffs, right? Um, then he would join the NFL season like when that was done. Like he, So, so he you wouldn't have training first, camp then? Yeah, basically. And I think it was like he, depending on if they made the playoffs or not, he would miss like one – the four games you know at mm-hmm. the start of the season but so to do what he did in a shortened seasons 
is insane to me. Yeah. And I mean, even with you mentioning that, I did not know that he played both sports. Um, it made me think there's a documentary out on ESPN. It's called uh, D- it's about Deion Sanders. And he there's a story out there where he played a game for the Atlanta Falcons. It was a Sunday. Mm-hmm. He played, I think they were on the road. And he flew out to play back in Atlanta with the Braves in a playoff baseball game. This guy played two different games for two different sports in one day. It's insane to me. It's just amazing. Obviously, you know, this kind of coincides with what we were talking about, you know, earlier with Heston. So it's it's good to keep that, uh, you know, consistency throughout the episode. Um, we will now dive into the list, Dill. And I think it's only right if you give us your number five to start. My number five is uh, Marshall Falk. Over his 13-year career with the Colts, uh, most famously with the St. Louis Rams at that time, he was he just made that list at the top five. I was looking back out earlier at my honorable mentions. I almost put Frank Gore at number five, but Marshall Falk ended up making it in there. Over that span, over his thirteen years, twelve thousand two hundred and seventy nine yards rushing with one hundred touchdowns and averaging about seventy yards a game. Also caught some passes out of the backfield, seven hundred and sixty seven catches. For almost 7,000 yards and 36 receiving touchdowns. Just a great consistent back that ended up winning an MVP and then was on a Super Bowl team for the Rams. Growing up as a kid, I'd always wake up at uh, like 6 in the morning. Remember, I'd be up before my dad was even up. I'd be watching NFL Network. Um, It seemed like every football life I watched, they were interviewing Marshall Falk about another player. Or something like this. So when I watched his a football life that they did, it's really you know, <laughs> it felt like I had seen ties it so all together, kind of. Yeah. So um, you know, obviously he played for the Colts and the Rams, right? Um, mm-hmm. great, great player, great running back. Um, I would put him on my honorable mentions. The only reason I didn't is because I didn't want to just reiterate the same gibberish. That's why, like, I would have put Frank Gore on my list too. I think you know, if we did a top six or even a top ten, Frank Gore is Frank Gore is on the list. But my mm-hmm. number five, man, and when I saw his name, it was like immediate. Like, I was like, he has to be on the list. I wish I could put him higher, but there's just too many running backs that I feel like I like better. Um, LT, LaDainian Tomlinson at number five, man. I like it. Um, he had that uh, great, great season where he he broke the rushing touchdown record, right? Um, yep. I, I Watching him play was just um, – it was, it was just it, it was it was something awesome to me. Like obviously, I wasn't like watching him too early in his career, but later on, and then mm-hmm, eventually yeah. when he he went to the Jets for like a year. But um, man, I just I, his foot his a football life um from NFL films is, is honestly one of my favorites too. Like I would watch it over and over. It just you know it just talked about him. Um, obviously you know. Frank Gore now is ending his career like the Jets. So I saw a meme about, you know, the Jets is where, like, you go at the end of your running back career. career. Yeah, because Favre ended his career there. Yeah. Um, one guy well, wait, wait. Oh, one guy on, we both kind of failed to mention, which I don't want to go without saying his name, because if, I ha- if this was a top ten, my number six would be Curtis Martin, you know, mm-hmm. running back for the Jets for a long time. I want to say he might be third or fourth 
in all-time rushing yards or something. Frank Gore Somewhere might have passed him last season. Yeah, I think Frank Gore passed a couple guys actually last year. So, Curtis Martin, you know, it goes without saying. If, you, if you're going to watch any of Football Life, I recommend watching Curtis Martin's. It is the best one I have seen by far. You can find the whole thing on YouTube. Um, watch it. Let me know what you think. Um, it really did influence the path of my life beyond football. Check it out. Okay, Dale. Actually, I just talk. looked up two things, actually, before we go on to my number four. I actually just looked up Curtis Martin real quick. He is actually sixth all-time rushing with 14,000 yards. I didn't mean to really step on your toes there by saying that. but. And then uh, one thing about LT, I mean – the team I remember watching it was I was early along in my football watching, you know it was the end of LT's career, but it was just so fun to watch him. I mean, you had Rivers who had just come over from the Saints in that Breeze trade, and watching guys like Sean Merriman play, I just I still don't know how the Chargers c- couldn't you know overcome that hump and just succeed and even maybe even go to a Super Bowl, let alone win one. I'm pretty sure in the football life of LT um the the doc the documentary film whatever you want to call it it um and breaks down you know that struggle of just not being able to get to the promised land and it is kind of mind ba- mind boggling um it baffles me in the same way as the season where the Eagles had McNabb TO like that that baffles me too I still don't know how they didn't I mean Brian Dawkins on the defensive side of the ball I still don't that's just crazy Obviously, we've gotten a little off, but, um, you know, we, we talked about a lot of interesting concepts there. But let's get back to these running backs real quick. Finish strong. Um, give us your number four, Adele. All right. Well, uh, my number four is Jim Brown. Obviously, he was a Cleveland Brown. I know, you know, he wasn't really named after the Browns, but he had a much – played in a much different era back then. Obviously, you know, thinking – comparing eras this is why these lists are a little difficult for us because you have guys that are mixed in there from different eras you know Jim Brown played in the 50s and 60s Barry played in the 80s and 90s Emmett Smith played in the 90s you know it's hard to make these lists but he was really that first true running back I mean he was a fullback considered but I threw him in there in my running back list because you know not going to really judge if he was a full it's almost the same position but had 12,000 yards in his career, 106 touchdowns, and he averaged a whopping 104 yards per game. Played nine seasons, and in those nine seasons, eight of them he led the league in rushing. Nine Made the Pro Bowl in all nine of his years, and three-time MVP, and he won a championship. It was not a Super Bowl yet, but if you did not know, the Browns and Lions, yeah, they've never made a Super Bowl in the Super Bowl era, but they dominated the era before the Super Bowl. And it's kind of sad to think about being Lions fans, obviously. Um, You know, but in the same way, I remember when the Browns went 0-16, and the Lions, obviously, the other team to only go 0-16. But my dad said something when the Browns went 0-16. He said, you know, um, you know, I do kind of feel for the fan base because it's like in, in this, we're we're kind of in a similar spot. Obviously, mm-hmm. we I think we have leaps and bounds a better team this year. I mean, quarterback is what makes the difference for me. I think you know Odell, Jarvis on the Browns, those guys they have no, good chances. Not, 
But Baker I know you're Mayfield, not the biggest Baker Mayfield fan. No, nah, overhyped, trash. The amount of commercials I saw with Baker Mayfield before that season is laughable now because mm-hmm. of how disappointing he was. Um, I remember watching Monday Night Football. They showed those commercials a lot during Monday Night Football, and he would have a poor performance on Sunday. And you'd look back at those commercials Monday night and just laugh at him because he played so bad, but yet he's making who knows how much money doing these commercials. And it's, I mean, it's, it's just crazy to me. Um, but obviously one thing I do want to say about Jim Brown watching, okay. I'm quoting a football life a lot, but it's just cause I watched them a lot on YouTube. I, when I worked at Kroger, I would always watch them on break in the break room on my phone. <laughs> um, but Barry Sanders' dad, um, in the in Barry Sanders' football life, said like Jim Brown was his favorite running back. So growing up, Barry Sanders always, you know, he was, I don't want to say emulating Jim Brown, but he wanted to be that great running back. And like even the great, we're gonna talk about Barry later. But um, one thing that's interesting in the Barry documentary, uh, uh, the football life, is just that his dad wouldn't even recognize his own son as the greatest running back. He, he still believed Jim Brown was, you know, the best. So there was a specific game Barry was playing that Jim Brown was there and Barry's dad happened to be there. So Barry Sanders introduced his dad to Jim Brown because that was like his hero. So I thought, I mean, it, mm-hmm. it's just an interesting concept. Make Those are the stories you like to hear. I mean, in a, you know, a time where we don't have very many positive things to hear. I mean, those are cool to look back and listen and just think how his dad felt in that moment. I mean, he was his 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 son, obviously, being on the lines, he had to feel some type of way, obviously, growing up and idolizing that. But then to actually have an opportunity to himself meet Jim Brown, that's, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean... Thinking me and you, I mean, if I met my idol, I, I mean, I don't know what I would do with myself. I mean, staring at my Russell Wilson poster in my room. I mean, if I was to meet Russell Wilson, I don't know what I would say. I mean, a little off topic here, but kind of on a similar base. I was talking with a good friend, David, last night, you know, um, and we were just talking about like people, the number one people we would want to meet. And the top of my list is Drake. I know that's not football related. Hey, man. But I, if I could Jersey. be any person in the world, I think my idol would be Drake. So yeah. I would agree with that. I was just thinking of an on an athlete level, but he would be up there on my list too. On an athlete level, I definitely, I mean, I don't even know where to begin. Retired, I have to meet Calvin Johnson and Barry Sanders. It's obvious. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, we'll definitely – we should revisit this theme in a later episode of athletes we'd like to meet, like football players. Oh, sure, yeah. So, you know, thinking on that, we'll we'll continue that theme. But right now, I just want to break down my number four and then get in to our number three guys, which are actually the same, just in different orders. But um, my number four is Adrian Peterson. You talked about him. Just that season he had, I want to say it was 2011 or 2012, MVP season, I think – just insane. And then he tore his ACL and he came back. And, like, the way he was playing was just, like, how do you even rehab and get, like, better than you were in a way? Um, I remember I don't like Wheaties very much. But my dad was trying to get me hooked on Wheaties, the cereal. <laughs> and so I'm eating Wheaties. And the only thing that got me to eat it was seeing Adrian Peterson on the Wheaties box. Uh, and it was, like, around that time when he was just, coming back from that injury and just putting up insane numbers. But 
my I, my most prized jersey is definitely my Adrian Peterson uh Peterson jersey. Um I love I love it. I'm I'm a Lions fan, but AP, you know, he holds a special place in my part uh in my heart and you know, they don't call him all day for nothing. He was producing all day. He even still, you know, sharing yeah. sharing the load with Darius Geis on the Redskins last year. He 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 still was like the number one guy in a way, you know. Yeah. So it, on that I mean, team. I pulled up his stats right here, and okay, so he had I think 2014. It looks like was his injury because he only had 75 yards that year. Mm-hmm. But to come back in 2015 and go 1,485 yards and 11 touchdowns, averaging 93 yards a game. All three of those stats I just mentioned here, he led the league in. And then even after, you know, small seasons in 2017 with the Cardinals and then traded to the Saints, he goes to the Redskins and has a 1,000-yard season and a 900-yard season in his age 33 and 34 seasons. Now, running backs, that is a position that they age fairly quick. And to see him still producing in his mid-30s, like the 25 or 26-year-old Adrian Peterson, is crazy. When you think about it, I mean, that's definitely why he made my list. Is just seeing last season, he would have gotten a thousand yards, in my opinion, on any better team. And if he wasn't sharing with guys, obviously they want to mm-hmm. bring guys, and he's a good rookie. that. And they're trying to get Haskins some experience mm-hmm. with him being a rookie last season and trying to throw the ball a little bit more. And so you know, honestly, it'll depend. But I, I think he could have another. Thousand yard, nine hundred yard season this year, depending on how they split the run game. Um, now we're gonna get in the top three. Um, we have the same people in the top three. I think everyone's people in the top three are the same, but different orders. It all really depends. But in our opinion, you know, this is this is our list. So, Dill, why don't you go right ahead with your number three? Now, uh, my number three is Emmett Smith. Now, this could create some controversy because some people do see him as the GOAT, but he only comes in at third on my list, and here's why. He had a remarkable career over his time. He split it with the Cardinals and the Cowboys, more famously with the Cardinals. He is the all-time leading rusher, though, with 18,355 yards and 164 touchdowns. He played 15 seasons where he won three rings, had one MVP, and led the league in rushing four times. Now, he did have a lot more star power in Dallas. I believe that was when Troy Aikman and Michael Irvin were there. Mm-hmm. You could say that was their dynasty seasons. I believe Jimmy Johnson was the coach then. But I just don't have him as the GOAT is because he was surrounded by all these stars. It's different with Tom Brady when you look at quarterbacks because he was the guy. Emmett Smith was probably the second or third option on that team behind Aikman and Irvin. I mean, no doubt. Um, love Emmett. He's coming in. He's going to be my number two spot. But right now I'll talk about a guy you have at your number two spot, um, Walter Payton. He's my number three. Um, I mean, not much I can say other than watching him training, running up that hill, right? Um, that's one of the most iconic things I've ever seen. Um it really does inspire inspire me to train in that way, running up hills. I don't know why. Once I saw that, like I want every time I run, I was like, dude, I should just go out, find a really steep hill, and just run it because then it, it makes you feel like Walter Payton. And like mm-hmm. they didn't call him sweetness, like 
like just randomly. He he really yeah. was sweet with it. He 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 was making guys miss left and right. But just the way he run ran to me, um, it, it was really fluid watching it. Barry Sanders, obviously, we're gonna talk about him. We both have have him at number one because obviously, um, yeah. But Walter Payton runs fluid. Barry Sanders more bounced off guys. Emmett Smith was, mm-hmm. was you know, he kind of bobbed and weaved. But Walter Payton, he just he really he really ran very fluidly. Um, and so you know, he's my number three. Dylan, why don't you go? Obviously, you have him at number two, so go ahead and talk about him. I mean, as you mentioned, they didn't call him sweetness for nothing. I mean, he lands in at number two in my list. He had one of the best careers that anybody I can think has ever had in a Chicago Bears uniform. Obviously, with us being Lions fans, we don't like the Bears or the Packers very much, but it was way before my time, so I really don't even consider him as a rival to me. Over his 13-year career, 16,000 yards rushing, just shy of 17,000. He had 110 touchdowns, averaging about 88 yards a game. His best season that I found was in 1977. He led the NFL with 1,852 yards and 14 touchdowns, where he won the offensive MVP that season. I mean, that's that's almost 2,000 yards. Um, and... One thing I do want to mention right before we move on is the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award is obviously for a reason. The kind of mm-hmm. person Walter was off the charitable field. work he did and mm-hmm. just amazing. Um and it's just cool to honor him with with an award every year to a player and I always look forward to seeing that. Um now, you know, I I had him at number three, uh, but number two I have Emmett Smith. Um Obviously, you can't deny that. I think just what the his career was amazing. I mean, I was watching uh, Barry's football life, and 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 Emmett was talking about him, and they were just they were I don't want to say buds, but they did look to each other for inspiration. So you cannot put Emmett like Emmett and Barry are the top of my list, in in my opinion, just because they I don't want to say they had this competition, but going in the nineties, like. They were both great running backs, and they, like, I don't know. It's just watching the video. That was the position back then in the 80s and 90s. It wasn't the quarterback-driven league that it is today. And to see both of them doing it at that time is just, it's cool to me. But one thing, like, to see the video where Emmett, like, breaks the, you know, the record, um, Mm -hmm. it's it's a powerful moment. Um, It is, yes. I've watched it a lot. A number of times, and um, I just really respect what Emma was doing. Like, they had the dynasty, right? So they had Michael Irvin, they had Aikman, but Emmett was really like crafting his own thing, um, in that backfield. And he was, he was, uh, he was one of the greatest for a reason. If a lot of people might even say he's the greatest solely based on yards or solely based on whatever, but I mean, just nothing really compares to him, except. Our number one guy, Dill, Barry yep. Sanders. I mean, I mean, why didn't you break bias, down? But not much, you know. Not he not much bias. Yeah, I mean, break it down first. Words you want to say? Okay, all right, I'll go ahead. I mean, like I said, no bias here as Lions fans, but I mean, Barry is the goat when it comes to running backs. I mean, watching some of his tape, hearing my dad talk about him. 
watching some of these runs where he would, you know, he would they'd run that counter or stretch play for him. He would bounce off his right tackle. He would try to cut, and then he'd go on the other side of the field. I mean, and just make corners and linebackers look silly. It's just unbelievable to sit back and watch his tape. I mean, a running running backs today do not run like him. You look at a guy like Zeke. Zeke wants to run you over. Barry wants to shake you and juke, spin, do whatever he can to have you on the ground. 15,000 yards over his career with 99 touchdowns. He is another one of those guys that averaged 100 yards a game over his whole entire career. Obviously, you know, we can take, spend a whole episode on why he left early and why would he actually do that. But he led the league four times in rushing, and he had one of those six 2,000-yard seasons back in 1997. Um, so, so the first thing that comes to mind when I think about Barry is just like I was watching – it was a play. He's, he's running, right? The the linebacker, I want to say, for whatever team it was, it's in the football life, Barry Sanders football life. You can watch it. It's, he's turned around, right? His head is facing one way. Then he turns his head like the other way because Barry was cutting, right? Barry just disappears from his view. Like, the way he cut, the, the linebacker was looking around like he didn't even see where Barry went. That's how insane it was, the way he ran. Like you said, he, nobody runs like him. Nobody ever will. To go backwards and then go forward, obviously you're going to lose lose yards, obviously, on mm-hmm. some of those times. But to run 110 yards around the yes. field just to score a 50-, 60-yard touchdown is insane. The work he had to do to score, I mean, he didn't have to do it, but to do that, it was just insane to watch. I mean, I think you'll uh, never, like you said, you'll never see a guy like him again. You, you won't. You won't. And – um. I think the closest thing we will ever get to it, in my opinion, is Saquon Barkley. Um, but even him, Saquon Barkley, he's all about, you know, jumping over you, like hitting you, mm-hmm. stiff arming you, pushing you down. Barry was just like, I'm just going to spin. I'm going to embarrass duck. you. I'm going to, you know, I mean, just best running back, in my opinion. If If you don't agree, I mean, that's fine. I've never, I'm not saying. My, I'm not even saying our lists are right. I'm saying these are our opinion. Um, and so Barry Sanders, top of my list. I don't think any athlete will ever be like him. Um, obviously, him leaving, you know, if he hadn't left, he, he, he's going to be the all-time uh, mm-hmm. rushing leader, yeah. in my opinion. I mean, with the, with the pace he was on in those last two years, that 2,000-yard season came in his second-to-last season. Yeah. I mean, if he stays on that pace for three years, you look at it, I mean – Emmett had let me pull it up real quick. Emmett Emmett had thir- eighteen thousand three fifty five. Uh-huh. Barry had fifteen thousand two sixty nine. So if you do some quick math here, that's about three thousand yards. All he needs is you know two seasons at a fifteen hundred yard pace, and he's your all time leading rusher. I mean exactly, and I mean it'll it'll never make sense to me why he why he you know retired early. Um, Same reason why we don't, we'll never know why Calvin Johnson. Yeah, Megatron. Um, and I mean, it's okay. We have to live with that. But, you know, it would have been nice to see him get what he deserved and be the top, like, in rushing yards. Because he definitely, no no shade to Emmett. Just Barry, the way he ran was just so, so different that it's, it's clearly the best. Um, 
But, you know, that obviously brings us to the end, though. Um, mm-hmm. Now, I have one thing before we uh, get to our ending here. Um, did you feel like this one was harder to do than the quarterback? The, um, I feel like with the quarterbacks, I had a few guys that were like definites on my list. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then there was a few guys I just added because you know I felt like they you know they could be on that list. Yeah, and then my honorable mentions were younger guys. But with this one, yes, I I definitely had a harder time because the top three were immediate in my brain. Yeah, I that's how I felt too. But then looking guys like Frank Gore, guy like like Chris Johnson had one that 2k season but you have to mention him in some way um i mean guys like jamal charles who he was good for a number of years and 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 then marshawn lynch obviously like all these players curtis martin would have been on my list but then once i settled on adrian peterson who who impacted me and lt who i felt like should be in this discussion um and just probably would have been in the everyone's discussion if he if the chargers had gone you know to a higher level um once once they once i saw them they clicked but yes it was harder what about you Dylan? i felt like it was too because obviously like you said i mean quarterbacks okay that's the prime position in today's league so they just popped in your head like nothing i mean my top five it was i had the five guys i was gonna put for quarterbacks it was just what order i was gonna put them in but the running backs, like you said, the top three, okay, that was easy. But figuring out four and five, and then the honorable mentions, there's so many guys that we left out that we could have put in, but, you know, there was only enough room for five and four or five honorable mentions. I feel next week, though, as I'm going to tease, we're going to do next week, we're going to do the wide receivers. I feel like that's going to be difficult. I think that's going to take me hours. Mm-hmm. I think I know who my number one is, but besides yeah. that, I, I can think of my top two off the top of my head, but going three through five and then honorable mentions, mentions that's going to be difficult. I mean, well, you know, we will be back next next week and, and everybody can, you know, see exactly how difficult it is for us. Um, Like we said at the start of the pod, there's potential rule changes, Um, just the owners meeting and stuff. So. We'll, we'll we'll see what we'll see what comes yeah. out. I mean, if there's nothing really to talk about, we'll, we'll switch gears. But and and even if there's if not there's something too much, major, we'll definitely just mention you know whatever we notice, um, briefly at least at least briefly we'll say something small. Um, but one thing, um, you know, I am looking forward to the wide receiver position, um, and. I just want to thank everybody again for listening. I've been a little tired this podcast. Um, didn't sleep too much, but I will make sure I'm well rested, well prepared. Um, and that's that's all I really got to say. Just thank you. And Dill, why don't you go and close it out for us? Well, uh, thank you again, guys, for listening to this week's episode. Really, really good. I really like the way it came out. Um, we got another guest joining us next week. So uh, keep an eye on our social for that. Again, if you don't know, follow us here at Dill and Al Podcast. Again, that is at Dill and Al Podcast. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. We are on Apple. Uh, we're on Spotify and a few others yes, that I cannot think of. So uh, for those of you wanting to tell a friend, 
that likes football or, you know, you just want to spread it out there and see what we can do. So thanks in advance for that. And uh, thank you again. And we'll see you next week. Yep. Bye.